welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. One of the things that's, um, or one of the things that's interesting to me, uh, as you kind of observe and look at American Christianity, is uh, that people become fascinated with different concepts, kind of like a roller coaster, just up and down all the time. Uh, we go through different stages, different seasons. We're still actually in a season right now where it is popular to talk about the gospel. Um, terms like Christ-centered and gospel-centered are heard uh, everywhere. And uh, another big thing that's uh, going on right now, and actually it may be kind of a little bit um, uh, headed uh, out in terms of popularity, but uh, it's been uh, a popular topic is discipleship. Um Everyone is releasing books, it seems like, on discipleship, and everyone has got a corner on truth. And uh, my point is actually not to criticize these truths in themselves. In fact, I preach on them. I think that they need to be talked about and wrestled through. Um, Rather, where my concern lies is the tendency that we have to be reductionists. Um, We can be tempted to be gripped by a certain theological truth— and talk about that truth to the exclusion of all other truths. And the problem is not in the truth itself that I'm I'm grasped and I'm trying to understand and resonating with. It's the problem that sometimes I have a tendency um, to be very limited in uh, my my, um, theological breadth uh, of ministry, uh, if I can put it that way. Suddenly, everything in Scripture becomes about that one truth, whatever it might be. And I think sometimes there's a tendency to engage in eisegesis instead of exegesis. That is to say, I import my own ideas on Scripture rather than taking Scripture and just reading what it says and understanding that to be the meaning. When you have a passage uh, from the Bible in front of you, it's tempting to try and fit a square peg in a round hole to jam in your hobby horse and to make that text about your thing rather than about what it really says. Uh, Sometimes we tend to think that we are the first Christians to stumble on these truths and we act as if the entire first 2,000 years of the church hasn't known anything at all because they didn't have Francis Chan's book, Multiply, or David Platt's book, Radical. We do suffer from a kind of historical tunnel vision where we forget that the church has been around for a long time. Uh, now, let me just repeat this one more time because I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm not misunderstood. Um, this criticism within Christianity uh, that I'm making here, uh, I'm, I'm acknowledging that these things, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying these things are heretical or false teaching. I am acknowledging the truthfulness of these things, the gospel, discipleship, evangelism, whatever it might be. Um, and I also acknowledge that perhaps the, the lines may not be uh, clear cut as far as who's violating this, who's, who's talking about it too much. Um, and that's not really the point, how uh, talking about something too much. But what I really want to do, I'm not trying to draw those kinds of lines as much as um, I just want to caution us uh, against having a handful of hobby horses that we continually harp on, and it forms a veil over the Word of God so that when I open the Bible 
the only thing I see is my hobby horse. The only thing I see is my obsession, and I miss the entire point of the text. Uh, if every single passage of Scripture that you perhaps preach on or you hear preached always comes down to, you know, five points about discipleship or ten ways to evangelize, we may need to reevaluate whether we're imposing our ideas over Scripture or whether we're really seeing what's there. And sometimes you'll notice those kinds of trends where every passage of Scripture is about these same things, and it's just putting my hobby horse over that passage of Scripture. Now, with that being said, what I want to talk about today, ironically, is discipleship. And I did want to start with this little caution uh, because I don't want us to walk away from this today thinking that if we just do this one thing, if we were just about discipleship, and that's 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 the one thing, and that's the only thing that we understood, um, I want us to avoid thinking that our Christianity is complete if if we just harp on that one thing. Uh, discipleship is one of the many things, in fact, that we are exhorted to do within Scripture. Uh, it's part of the entire um, breadth and depth of Scripture. And so let's go ahead and just dive right in. Uh, and there's probably no better place to begin than starting with a definition of terms. In Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, we read this, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age.'" Uh, we're all familiar with this text. It's the Great Commission woven into the very fabric of the Great Commission is the call to make disciples. Uh, the, the word translated as disciple in this text here is a Greek word which means to be a pupil or to teach or to cause people to become followers. Uh, the noun form is a word that's typically translated as disciple, can also be translated as pupil or apprentice. And the idea then is that the job of the Christian is to go and to make Christ followers. Uh, it's even more significant, I think, that this commission happens shortly before Jesus' ascension into heaven. This command of Jesus is a command that is supposed to occupy the church until Jesus comes again. Here's the point. Jesus defined the mission of the church, and therefore we do not have the right to do that. We cannot say, I want my church to be about this or about that or about this, which is why I'm uncomfortable when I see a church that is about something else, a church that is all about its soup kitchen or it's all about its daycare or it's all about its nursing home ministry or it's all about its college outreach. It leaves me wondering just a little bit whether or not it has abandoned the divinely given mission of the church. And again, I'm not saying that a church can't do these things, but these things have to be part of the larger picture of fulfilling the mission of the church, not the mission itself. And sometimes I wonder uh, if some of those programs have a tendency to replace that which the church has been called to do. And by the way, as well, uh, when I use the phrase, uh, make disciples, uh, I'm not dividing this call into discipleship and evangelism as two separate things uh, for the sake of this particular conversation. I am seeing them as one and the same. So I disciple an unbeliever by causing them to become a follower of Jesus, to kind of borrow that terminology of the word disciple, to 
causing them to become a follower of Jesus. And I disciple a believer by causing them to continue to follow Jesus. Now, I acknowledge that God is the one who ultimately causes, but um, I'm the one who is um, who is uh, engaging in this uh, in obedience to Christ. One of the clearest passages in Scripture uh, with regard to this call is Colossians 1, uh, particularly verses 28 through 29, where we read this, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This passage is Paul's philosophy of ministry, and he makes it clear that his toil and his struggle and his labor is purposeful. It is so that everyone will be made mature in Christ. This is the call of every Christian. We are called to be making disciples. And I think that event-based ministries miss this. If you think that you have done your ministry duty by volunteering at the VBS registration table once a year, I think you've missed the point. We're called to do more than that. We're called to labor over the proclamation of Jesus Christ. We all are supposed to labor in the proclamation of Christ. We're to labor in our work environment, in our community, in our church. Uh, and by the way, this call to make disciples ought to be regularly happening within the church. Now, I recall someone saying one, one time that everyone needs to have a Paul, a Timothy, and a Barnabas. A Paul is a wiser Christian, you know, who can disciple me. Timothy, uh, perhaps a newer Christian, younger convert perhaps, uh, who I can invest in. Uh, and a Barnabas is that person who is close to me in my walk perhaps, uh, someone with whom I can laugh together, uh, we can sharpen one another. And I think we often reject that call of uh, being a disciple, of um, making disciples because of how uncomfortable the work is. And, and I'll acknowledge it's not easy. And even as a pastor, um, I don't always enjoy it. I think one of the most difficult aspects of disciple making is that we don't like to socialize with people who are not like us. Uh, there's a temptation to have kind of this air of superiority. Uh, people are dirty, yes. People are temperamental, yes. People are difficult, yes. People are full of drama, yes. We uh, recently had our septic tank crushed in our uh, backyard, and we had to tie into the city sewage, uh, which was a huge project. Uh, but part of me was glad um, for for one reason in particular, and the, the particular uh, tank we had there in the back, I think it was made in the mid-60s, um, but it had this lid that came above ground, so it wasn't buried or anything like that. And, you know, I could just go up with one hand and just kind of knock the top of that concrete lid off fairly easily. Um, and so, and it was, tank was exposed and everything. Um, and that kind of made me a little nervous. If one of my children ever fell into that tank, I would not hesitate in the least to jump in and to get them out. That is what disciple making looks like. Sometimes you jump into a disciple-making situation and you end up with this mess all over you because you've been so tangled up in the drama of trying to unfold what's going on and to in, in, be involved in, in discipling this person and pointing them to Christ in the middle of this mess that they found themselves in. Uh, and, and, less, and, and I will acknowledge, too, that there's a tendency perhaps for us, even in this illustration, to, to become arrogant um, and I want to remind us that before Christ, 
we too were swimming around in that sewage. In fact, because we still battle against the flesh, we too sometimes go back to that sewage to get a little taste of that. And so the next time you see someone else swimming around in some sewage, remember that but for the grace of God, you would be there too. The call of the New Testament is this, show me your disciples. If I were to ask you that question, what, what, would, you, how, what would your response be? Would you be able to show your disciples? Can you do that? Can you say that you labor and strive in order to present everyone mature in Christ? That's the call of the church. And that's the call of the individual Christian as well. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us at crossvieworville.com.